Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right, there we go. Praise God. Let's pray. Father, we thank you today, God. I bless you for these, your children, who have come together to study your word. Father, we pray that you might be in the midst of everything that we do and say today, God. I pray not only for those who have gathered here with us physically, God, but we also pray for and with those who are joining with us virtually and those who desire to be here but for some reason are not able to make it. God, we honor your word, which instructs us to study your word, uh, to show and prove, God, work men and work women that needeth not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. So today, God, I pray that you might eliminate any distractions that might keep us from hearing and understanding your word so that we might apply it to our lives. In Jesus' name, we bless you. Amen. 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 All right. If you have your Bibles, uh, again, uh, clearly we're not going to be here much longer because we have... uh, uh, we want to be done and honor your time to be done at uh, one o'clock. Uh, if you have your Bibles, turn with me to the book of Matthew chapter seven, the book of Matthew chapter seven, Matthew chapter seven, Matthew chapter seven. Uh, for those who were in evening Bible study last week, we talked about this. And so I wanted to keep us current. Just so y'all know, we will not have Bibles. This is the last noon Bible study until the new year. Uh, So uh, uh, today and this evening will be the last uh, study for 2015. Praise God. And we're celebrating with almonds and cranberries and cashews. That's our celebration. Sorry for those who couldn't be here to celebrate with us. Almonds, yeah. So she's straight up making sure we stay on the fast this afternoon. Praise God. (laughs) Matthew chapter 7 verses 13 and 14 is the foundational scripture that we'll be talking about today uh, as we as we delve into direction today. All right. Now, anyone got that? You can read that out loud for us. Anyone? Seven chapter seven verses 13 and 14. Anyone? Enter by the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the way that leads to destruction. And there are many who go in by it, because narrow is the gate and difficult is the way, which leads to life, and there are few who find it. All right. Uh, what translation were you reading? That's the New King James. Anyone have amplif- Amplified? Version. Can anyone pull up the Amplified version? I have that one. Yeah. Uh huh. Amplified. Go ahead. Read that. Enter through the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad and easy to travel is the path that leads the way to destruction and eternal loss. And there are many who enter through it. But small is the gate, and narrow and difficult to travel is the path that leads the way to everlasting life. And there are few who find it. Okay, so this scripture is fairly, uh, uh, fairly descriptive. 
if I'm not missing. It says that there are uh, there there is uh, uh, two different ways of getting to your destination. One way is on what? The wide, broad street. Some of y'all know it as Broadway. All right? It's interesting that there's a Broadway and there is no what? Narrow way. Ain't no narrow way in New York. There's a Broadway, but ain't no narrow way. That'll tell you something right there. All right? Now, why is it that anyone would want to travel on the Broadway? Anybody? Why would you want the Broadway? Hmm? Faster. Faster? Come on. Easier? Easier? Come on. More things to see. No stops. No stops. Okay. Uh, No stops. Fewer distractions. Right? And, And so conversely, if all of us have a destination... This scripture is helping us to understand, even though we may have the same destination or competing destinations, the point is that the way you get to your destination can be through two different types of roads. Now, here's what I like to do. Y'all know I like to make it as visual as possible. So if we think about Highway 70 and 16th Street, right, at a certain point, they run Sort of parallel, don't they? Y'all know what I'm talking about, right there by the Monon Trail. If you're on 16th Street, you can look to the left and you can see the highway. Now, why would one be on the highway as opposed to 16th Street? And what are the benefits of being on 16th Street as opposed to the highway? Let me understand that. Anybody? Come on, help me. Why would I be on a four-lane street when I've got an eight-lane highway right over here just to the left of me. Why would I do that? Why would I want to be on the street? Okay. Come on. Anybody? Some people don't like to drive the interstate. But in so doing, you have agreed that if I'm going to drive on the interstate, if I'm, not, if I'm going to drive on the street, then I know you got to stop. I got to stop. I got stop signs. I got stop lights I got to deal with. And not only that, I almost hit somebody on Monon Trail. You got to watch out. You got stuff you got to watch out for. Right? And if you're hungry and you get to Meridian, you got you to gotta fight. <laughs> you got to fight, right? The, the, the temptation of getting them french fries that, I, that, 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 you know, get me all caught up at McDonald's right there. You got to fight. The, 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 the distraction and the call of, of, of Hardee's and you got to fight the distractions of, of, of White Castles, you know. But then you also have to navigate around the ambulances that's rolling into Method IU Health, right? You got to deal with the fact that you never know what's going to be coming down the narrow road because the narrow road is just that. It's narrow. You have to be what? Care. What? Care. What? Fold. Right? On the highway, you don't have all that. It's faster. No stops. Fewer distractions other than the other cars and some trucks or something. Right? But now, this scripture says that taking 
the broad way is not necessarily the best road to take. It's easy. But maybe there's something that you're missing on the highway that you gain on the street. Anybody ever uh, ever uh, walk down a street that you normally drive down and notice some things that you never noticed before? Anybody ever do that? Yeah. <laughs> What's that like? Yeah. <laughs> when did that get there? Yeah, how'd that get there? Been there all along, but because of what? Because you were doing what? Driving. Now, anybody ever driven down a street where you normally take the highway, but you sit a detour and you decide to take a street and you see things that you drive past that you never knew were there before? I didn't know that store was there. I didn't know that church was there. Oh, there's that church. I've been wondering where that, where that was. There's that street. I've been wondering where that street was. But the only way you knew was because you had to take a detour and get off of that particular broad way, right? And so if, in fact, there is a correlation between highways and streets, there's also a spiritual correlation between our lives, our destinations, and how we get there spiritually. Does that make sense? There's a correlation between the two. And just like there is a right path on the highway or the street, there's a right path for us spiritually. Does that make sense? All right. Now, here's what I need us to get to. Write this down. Okay. We must maintain a sense of common sense. Okay. Mm-hmm. We got to maintain a sense of common sense. Right? And that sense of common sense is that uh, if we are trying to get somewhere, I said this Sunday, we have to first know where we currently are right now. That's first. The next thing we must know, this is a sense of common sense, is where are we going? What is our destination? Is that making sense? And then lastly, and here's the critical piece. The last and most critical piece is, watch this. What is the best route for getting there? Is that making sense? Now, the answer to that question plays out with asking another question. Are y'all ready for this one? The second question about which route is the best one for you has to do with how much time you got. Okay. 
How much time do you have? <laughs> because here's the deal. Multiple roads or multiple paths can get you to the same destination. But what is determined by the best route has to do with what you need to achieve along the way. How much time you got? Is that making sense? How much time you got? Somebody turn to 2 Peter chapter 3. 2 Peter chapter 3. If you listen online, you can write that down. 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 11. Mm-hmm. 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 Now, now, okay, if you get it, just go, anybody that gets to 2 Peter chapter, uh, uh, 2 Peter uh, chapter 3, verse 11, once you have it, anybody can read verse 11. Chapter 3, verse 11. You got it right there, boom. Got it? You want to go ahead and read it? Seeing then that all, thing, all these things shall be dissolved, what manner of persons ought ye to be in all holy conversation and godliness? All right. What does that say? Since you dying daily, <laughs> since like a, a, a leaf, your life is falling from a tree about to hit the ground. You need to ask the question, how should I be living right now? Right. Because tomorrow is not promised. Ain't that right? Now, th- th- this is one of the reasons why younger people are more risky than older people because younger people feel like I got plenty of time and some of them are finding out no you don't right right and my wife had mom it was funny because my wife had made it clear that it's funny how we've had so many parents bury their children in this past 12 months right and so since we understand that all of us know that the the shorter your time get the less time you got to play around yeah. The less, the less, the less patience you got with folk playing games with you. You're like, look, I don't have time. to. Now watch this here. You got to understand. Understanding how much time you have doesn't mean you necessarily want to be on the fastest track. That ain't the point. You want to be on the right track. Yeah. Yeah. It ain't the fastest track. It's the right track because the closer you get to, to meeting God uh, for yourself, the less time you got to play with folk. And you're like, you know what? I need to be on the track, on the path that is the most beneficial for me. The one that's going to get me where I need to go and get me everything that God has for me. That don't mean it's the fastest. It just means you got to be on the right track. Because what does it say? It says that all these things shall be dissolved. Stuff, the the world is ending, y'all. All right? The world is ending. Okay, they said in in a presidential debate, the Republican debate last night. Well, uh, we need to we need to tell Syria, make Syria no fly zone. And if Russia fly through Syria, then we need to shoot them down. And then somebody else said, "Okay, so you in agreement for World War three. Ain't that what they said? All right. People are crazy. All right. We were just talking a minute ago about this, this, this drug that these kids are on, that if you angry, it makes you more angry. And we're convinced that some of these people that are uh, perpetrating these murders and these crimes are on this drug. That means that they don't even know that they hurting you. They don't even know that they hurting you. 
had a guy, they said, they said this guy calls an Uber driver, Uber driver comes, he beats up the Uber driver, they show him the video later, he don't even remember doing it. So that means that people can do stuff to you and hurt you and take you out and don't even know that they did it. This world is dissolving. And so the question is, how shall you live? What direction should you be going in? Is that making sense? All right. Now, since we have a sense of common sense, we should be asking the question, if we have the right road and we own the right path, why so many people <laughs> going wrong? Because to be, to be honest, just like I said, there's some people that don't have a sense of common sense. All right. Maybe they haven't been asked the right question. Here's the deal. There are at least two routes. And multiple what we call, write this down, GPS tools, GPS, capital GPS tools that you can use to get to your destination. Okay. Now, we all know what a GPS is by now, right? They used to just have them for your car. Then they started putting it in your phone, right? And GPS stands for what? Anybody know what that is? The GPS stands for? No. The actual GPS in our car, <laughs> you done went there, see? You listen. You ain't supposed to be listening to the sermon. You're supposed to be asleep on Sundays. See, them folded it up. Uh, in your car, on your phone, it stands for Global Positioning System, right? That's what GPS stands for, right? And all of us know that, that global GPS is they use satellite technology, uh, to calculate your exact position on earth, right? All right? And when you tell it where you want to go, it calculates the fastest, the shortest, and the most optimal routes to get there, depending on your desired mode of transportation. You could be walking, you could be on, on a bus, you could be driving, and it's going to tell you the best way to get there. Okay? That's great, right? And so... We use GPS to help us to understand for those who are like you and I, we have a salvific GPS, a salvation GPS, a GPS that, that God gives us to navigate where we need to go. Are y'all ready for that acronym? And Sheridan already tried to squeak it in. All right. Do you know what it is? Do you really know what it is or are you just trying? Oh, see. All right. And then Tanya going to throw it. She going to throw her hat in. Say it out loud, Tanya. God's plan of salvation. God's plan of salvation. Okay. God's plan of salvation. Now, I think I preached about this a little bit on Sunday. All right. God's plan of salvation does not work unless you first admit your current location. Uh, some of us, your current situation. That's the first thing. Right? If you lie to your GPS, your GPS cannot help you. <laughs> if I tell my GPS I'm at home and I'm actually at church, there's nothing my GPS is going to do for me. All right? If you tell God's plan of salvation that you got it going on, 
and you the baddest thing that ever hit the earth that's on two feet, your God's plan of salvation cannot help you. Right? If you tell your GPS you ain't bitter and you ain't got no attitude, and it ain't going to help you. Now, the second thing that you need in order to get, in order to benefit from God's plan of salvation is you need to know your destination. Where are you going? And God's plan of salvation tells us where we need to go. We don't, that ain't a question. Your destination should at least be what? What you get ready to say before? No, no. My question really is those that don't know. Mm-hmm. Have no idea mm-hmm. where they're going. Mm-hmm. They're just existing, pretty much. Mm-hmm. But have no, have no idea. Well, well, that's a good point. But here's the deal: What is salvation? Salvation is salvage. And when you go to the salvage yard and you see all of the what in the salvage yard? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Now it's junk. And, and to the salvage yard is saying, you're here not because you weren't created to be anything, but you have become junk. And so since you have become useless, you have made it to the salvage yard. At the point where somebody realizes, you know what? I am something. I think I'm better than where I am. What does salvation do? Salvation comes... And get you from the junkyard and says, you don't belong here. You, you deserve to be restored. You deserve to be put back in service. You deserve to be driven. You deserve to be on the highway. You deserve to be used. You deserve for somebody to have access to you to get from point A to point B. And so it starts with understanding that where I am is not where I'm supposed to be. Now, I may not know where I'm going. I may not know what my final destination is going to be, but my first step is I got to get out of here. So what do I need? I need salvation. Now, once I get salvation, all right, that's where all hell break loose. Because that's when you start finding out that, oh, so uh, I am a royal priesthood. I am supposed to be a lender and not a borrower. I am supposed to be why I am supposed to study the word of God. I am supposed to hide it in my heart. I am supposed to do that. Oh, heaven is supposed to be my home. Once you move from salvation and you start aiming towards God, God begins to instruct and to help you understand. Oh, that's where I'm headed. All right. Yeah, you're right. There's a lot of people that don't know. But part of them not knowing is they haven't identified that where I am is not where I'm supposed to be. I know this don't feel good. Okay, uh, 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 I talk about being lost and comfortable. There's too many people who are lost and comfortable, meaning that somebody ain't came along and said, you know what? Everybody's not doing what you're doing, baby. (laughs) Everybody's not struggling like you're struggling. Right. There are some people that have worse situations than you and they doing it 50 times better than you. And do you want to know why? Okay, because they haven't settled with the salvage yard. They have decided for themselves that they're worth more than the world has said that they're worth. And so guess what, baby? If you want to get out of the salvage yard, you need something called salvation because you can't get yourself out of the salvage yard. Somebody's got to come in and say, I want that one. 
right? I got a plan for that one. I got parts for that one. I got something for that one. I got an owner for that one. You can't do it yourself. So that's half of the part. You know, I was just watching. Man, I hate to go here because that means it's over. That means Bible study's over. I was, uh, there's a, 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 a professor uh, from a university in Texas. who he, he wrote this book about race, racism, uh, and white supremacy and whatnot. And he, uh, it's a white guy. And he goes and he says in, in a, a lecture and a discussion that he's having with students that race is what we call a construct. That race is a created construct that all of us uh, take part in in society, right? It is just what it is. It, it, it has cultural dynamics to it. It has history to it. It has physical dynamics to it that we... that create what we call the human race, right? Nothing wrong with that. It is what it is, okay? But when you take race and you begin to quantify it in ways that put certain races in places and other races in other places, you have something called racism, right? Now, racism is more than a construct. It is taking the construct and making logical decisions about what to do with it. Right? Now, so you got race which is just what it is. You see somebody from uh, 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 Europe and you go, okay, that's a European. The European race. Nothing wrong with that. An African? Okay, I get it. But when you start taking and saying that that race is more valuable than that race and this race needs to have access to that and that race does not and that now you got racism you're using race okay so what some people have done is is that there are people and I'm just being very bland when I say this there are some people who in order to play chess with the races or checkers with the races they've had to tell one race that you are X in order to get them where they, here's what, in other words, I need you to get on your knees so that I can be taller. Get that? Right? And so by doing that, this other race gets on their knees because of the power that the other person has to influence that person get on their knees and, and once they have gotten on their knees, we institutionalize that. And we say, that's where you belong. See where you are? Okay? Now, while you're there, I'm going to give you resources that help you stay where you are and as soon as you use those resources... Okay, now I can blame you for being there because of what you're using. But that's what you gave me. You gave me inferior books. You put me in the ghetto, right? You, 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 you took away uh, my access to, to positive health care. You put McDonald's and liquor stores owned by other people, not the people who live here, all over the neighborhood. And then once we use them, you say, see, y'all alcoholics, Right? You allow drugs to flow into our community, right? And then you say, see, all of y'all are drug addicts. But 
We didn't fly the planes in. We didn't drive the stuff in. You put it there and then you actually enacted laws to say, to say don't let them leave. Don't let them buy houses in this area. Don't give them the GI Bill. Don't give them access to, uh, uh, to wealth creation. Don't give them that. And then tell them, see, all y'all don't know how to take care of nothing. Well, we don't have nothing to take care of, right? And so now we institutionalize it. We institutionalize you being on your, on your knees, right, to keep you there. And so here's what we got. Here's what we got. And this, this gets back to... Uh, this gets for me. It gets back to to knowing where you are. We have people who are in the salvage yard who think that that's where they're supposed to be, but they're there and they're staying because of the lie that they've been told. And so today, when I drive around in our neighborhoods, I don't see what everybody else sees. I see people who have bought into the lie that you need to be on your knees so that I can be taller than you. Because as soon as I tell you, hey, you got legs, stand up, they'll find out that, wow, I didn't know that I was actually taller than them. But it's not a matter of who's taller than who. It's a matter of I just want to have access to what I'm supposed to have access to in the human race. But we got people who have been convinced that I'm supposed to be in the salvage yard. And they're not. They're valuable. They're worthy. Right. Y'all see me take a hundred dollar. Well, no, I didn't take a hundred dollar bill. I might take a 20 or something. Y'all see me take that money and ball that money up and step on that money. Right. And rub dirt on that money and all that. And then I tell you, I unfold that thing and I say, now, how much is it worth? It's still worth a hundred dollars. It's still worth twenty dollars. It's still worth t- it is still spin. No matter what it's been through, it is still spin. Why? Because it is still worth something. That whole process is salvation. But the problem is that some people feel like when they all balled up and all dirty and all stepped on and all walked past and all kicked down the street, they think that that's where they're supposed to be, and they forget that you spend just like every other hundred dollar bill. You still worthy. You just been through. And so if we can get people to understand that where they are is not where God designed them to be, that they're not supposed to be on their knees. That's just a lie that somebody fed them so that they would believe that they were inferior and unable to get up and stand up on their own two feet. They'll stay there. And let's institutionalize that thing. Wait a minute. That's a lie. But you don't know where you're going until you first acknowledge where you are. This ain't where I'm supposed to be. And the word of God tells us, if you believe, if you believe the word of God, if you believe what God said, God said that I created you after my own image. Right. And he said, if everything that I created was good, you created good, too. Even with your mental condition and your issues and your autism. Right. Even with your arthritis. Right. Even with your heart condition, even with your headaches and migraines. Right. Even with your limp, even with your lisp, even with your right. With all of that that you got, you weren't an accident. God created you with purpose. God created you with destiny. Even with your issue, even with your anger management problem, he gave you a thorn and said, I'm going to keep you with that thorn so that you can know that when you hold your tongue and you don't go off on other people, it's because I held your tongue and not you holding it yourself. Even with your issues, God says, I'm still there. I'm not going to take that thorn away. But until you acknowledge where you are, until you acknowledge that you are worth something, Only then can you stand up and claim what God has for you. So why would somebody fall off track? You know, you know what happens with your GPS? When you get off track, what does it do? 
It says recalculating, 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 right? Why would somebody get off track? Somebody would get off track if they don't find two things to talk to them on a regular basis, right? And you know, if you get GPS, you know, it can talk to you, it can tell you which way to turn and you'll go up 500 feet and turn left and all that kind of stuff. Well, the ways that you know whether or not you're on track is two things. The first thing is church. That's one of the main reasons people are off track and recalculating because they don't have a regular relationship with the assembly. They don't go to church on a regular basis. They're not hearing the word on a regular basis. They're not being taught the word on a regular basis. They're not, some, nobody's opening up the word for them and explaining to them the current situation, the current state of affairs, which is why somebody joins church and tells me when they join church, Pastor, you were talking directly to me. And I'll be like, wait a minute, I'm sorry. I can't just be talking just to you when somebody over here said you were talking just to me too. And somebody over there said you're talking to me too because the word of God is able to speak to all of these situations, right? That's what it does. So that's the first way you know when you're off track. It's when you go to church on a regular basis, you hear the word, right? You're undercover. The second way is other Christians. You got to have other people around you, all right, who can speak into your life. All right, now that is, now that is iron sharpening iron. So that ain't just one way. That ain't just one person talking to you. That means that also you're there to, to, for that other person as well, right? Are you your brother's keeper? In y'all's case, sister's keeper? Yes. We're supposed to bear, you're supposed to be in it for one another and to help one another out. And so it's when you're at church, it's when you have other Christians around you who are feeding you, who are sharing with you, who are bearing burdens with you, interceding for you, praying with you, praying for you. Even when you don't know how to pray for yourself, that's when you start hearing recalculating, 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 make a U-turn, get back on track. Right? It's those two ways. It's so interesting, though, because some people do not have a sense of common sense. They get on track. They know where they're going, yet they still decide. Let me just take this detour right here. Right. There's still people to do that. All right. I got two minutes. <laughs> I got two minutes and I'm just going to hit these two uh, real quick. So if you have. God's plan of salvation as your GPS. And, and it's going to ultimately point you toward heaven, right? You know where you are. You know where you want to be. God says, well, this is the route I need to take you in order to get you there, right? And sometimes that's uncomfortable. Sometimes that sends you in places you don't want to go. That may have some detours that you don't feel like you got time for. But God says, this is the route I want to take you to get to the destination that God has for you, right? I ain't mad at that. But now here is what some people listen to to get off track. Are y'all ready? All right, these people who don't use common sense. This is, this is the other GPS. Greed, pride, and selfishness. <laughs> Greed, pride, and selfishness. Y'all can write these down because I know we just cannot get into all this. The book of Mark chapter 7, verses 20 through 23. I'm out of time. So I'm not going to be able to go there. You say 20 through 27? 20 through 23. Mark 7, 20 through 23. Mm-hmm. I'm going to give you one more. Colossians chapter 3, verse 5. Okay. Now, here's what I will say, and I'm, I'm, I'm through. What I will say is that selfishness feeds the other two. At the point where I become the object of everything, all these other issues crop up. 
when it's all about me, okay, all of a sudden pride and greed get in the way. And we see this everywhere, don't we? Okay. Now, here's another thing, and I'm going to share this, and I really will be through, particularly for those who are listening to me online. Again, I'm not making this stuff up. Here's, here's what we got to understand. In the culture that we're in right now and with the challenges that we are facing right now, there are at least two arguments to why we shouldn't be where we are right now in our country. The first reason why we shouldn't be where we are is because we're the wealthiest country in the history of the world. With the resources that we have as a country, there is no reason why we should have the level of poverty that we have. With the resources that we have, we should not have jobless rates the way that we have them right now. We shouldn't have poverty, which is giving rise to all the different things that it's given rise to in our community. We have more wealth than any other country in the entire world throughout history, right? So we have a material issue in this country. And then we have an ideological issue in this country because if we have that level of wealth in this country, then if we decide in our own minds that we want to close the gap between those that have and those that have not and we ain't done it, then that means somebody don't want to do it. Okay? And so what we see, again, when we have people who are willing to put people in the salvage yard and leave them there and then blame them for being there and then walk away with all the resources, who has the problem? The salvage yard or the person that put them there to begin with? I'm just saying. Yeah. Right? I'm just saying. Okay? Selfishness, greed, and pride. And then people will, well, I, I'm not going to go there. We, I'm done. I got to leave it alone. Y'all feel where I'm going with that, though, don't you? See, I'm trying to figure out a way to look at my community and look at the people that I see who need jobs and the people that I see who need to actually fall back into school and to get their education and to move forward with their families and take their responsibility. I don't see it the same way because God, is, God has me on a global positioning system and a God's plan of salvation, too, just like everybody else. And he's sending me in directions to see stuff. And I'm going, whoa, Nelly. Whoa, Nelly. Who told my community that this is the end result of their life? Who told my community that Sister uh, 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 Pullins is supposed to be okay with bullets through the window of the house next door? That is not okay. <laughs> right? Yes, ma'am. This makes me think about the politicians that represent the areas that remain in office over a period of years mm -hmm. that allow things to happen within the community like ours. You wonder where they fall mm -hmm. in terms of the three of these. In, in terms of pride, greed, and selfishness. Exactly. That's a very important question because at the end of the day, I'm trying to understand, and I know y'all don't even want to hear all this. I got three minutes. I'm trying to understand. <laughs> well, I'm looking at minutes ago. Y'all, y'all need to send this though to some other folk. Just send this to some other folk. I'm trying to understand. Okay, I'm trying to understand within all of that. I'm trying to understand if, uh, if. We need things to change in our community, then it is a political pursuit. Mm -hmm. 
Now, it's not a Republican, Democratic, or independent pursuit. It is the redistribution of resources so that the people who need them gain access to them, and the people who have an abundance of them don't let them spoil in their hands. It's a political pursuit at that point. It is stuff is out of order all around us. And so it does become a political situation. If you have the influence, then you need to use your influence to turn this thing around because we live in the wealthiest country in this world. We are America. We're supposed to roll up our sleeves and get whatever we want done, done. And it looked like we don't want this done. It looked like we want poverty to continue. It looked like we want young African-American males still killing African-American males and not solving the crime and then blaming the African-American yes. in that community for not, for not speaking up like we don't have no other resources, which now after Ms. Blackburn, God bless you, but there were some resources that were used to find her killer that could have been used to find somebody else's killer, but maybe we don't want to fix that. Yeah, maybe we don't want to fix that. I'm just saying these are some questions that we need to ask. If we can send a trillion dollars overseas to fight a battle over there, it seems like I can get five dollars <laughs> on this side. I'm just saying. If we can build a fifty million dollar practice stadium, correct, then we can put five hundred thousand dollars into a community, a community center, that, right? Yeah, for the young people. You know, so it stands to reason that the people who have put folk in the salvage yard and blame them for being there don't want them to realize that you know what? You don't have to stay there. <laughs> right? There is something. That's the battle we got to fight, y'all. We got to help people know that there is a plan of salvation, there is one, and it will come get you pluck you out of that and put you back on the road and get you going again. I'm just saying, this is stressing me out, y'all. No, not really. Not really. This is what drives passion. I'm sorry, y'all. Praise God for you. I'm done. For those who are listening online, uh, hopefully uh, that's been a blessing to you all. You know, we're talking about direction. What direction you in? Are you following God's plan of salvation or are you following selfishness, greed, and pride to get to your location? You know, and if you don't know, you know, you better ask somebody. Go to somebody's church or some, somebody who has a, a prayer life and ask them to help pray with you so that you might know which direction to go in your own life. So anyway, let me get up out of this. Um, this is the last Bible study for this year. We'll pick right back up again in January. Um, uh, in January uh, with our Bible studies at noon and 7 o'clock p.m. So I'm going to let y'all go online. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.